So, um, moving on to our reading. Um, It's uh, Psalm 92, which is on page 600. Um, So, if you'd like to turn to that with me now. So I'm reading Psalm 92, um, starting at verse 1. A psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord, I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord, how profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know, fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Thank you, Vicky. I could listen to you all morning. Unfortunately, you got me. Uh, my name's Richard, and together with my family, uh, we've been part of things here since 2004 when we first moved to Cambridge. Uh, if you don't know me, uh, by all means ask those that do. You'll uh, reinforce the notion that ignorance is bliss. Um, but of course, it's not about me. It's not about you. Uh, it's about him. It's about the Lord Jesus. Um, so let me, as we start, uh, lead us in a prayer. Uh, We've just read, uh, you, Lord, are forever exalted. Perhaps better translated, uh, you, Lord, are exaltedness itself. Father God, as you've been helping us this morning by your spirit to put Jesus in his rightful place as Lord of all, uh, please continue to help us as we turn to to find our rightful place in this world of yours, uh, submitting to his wonderful role. Uh, You are good, and you are kind, and you are generous, and you are patient. Uh, Please help us, we pray, in his name. Amen. We get tired, don't we? How we long for rest. In our house, we've got three teachers. Uh, Maybe if you've got school-age children, but certainly if you are a teacher here this morning... Uh, you will understand the pure joy and relief with which this week's half-term holiday has been met. 
Uh, recently, I've been speaking to two friends who are vicars, um, both with plans for three months sabbaticals coming up. And uh, the excitement, the relief and joy, uh, which with these, they're looking forward to these uh, sabbaticals, uh, you'd think that, well, that's it. Uh, no going back to work at the end. This sabbatical is going to go on forever. Uh, sorry, Nick, that's not going to be the case. Uh, if you, uh, some of us here will have young families, some of us demanding jobs, uh, some of us uh, living with uh, the exhaustion, the worry of serious illness, uh, some of us elderly, uh, the routine of an afternoon nap uh, long since established. We get tired, don't we? How we long for rest. But if that's not you today, if you're in your prime, wondering what on earth that bald bloke up the front is on about, uh, let me tell you this will be your story. Uh, Disappointments will come, uh, difficulties in life sometimes overwhelming. You will get tired. You will long for rest. The wonderful thing about God's Word, it speaks to every age uh, throughout the years. So this Word is just as true and relevant today, powerful as it was when it was first written hundreds of years ago. Uh, Turn with me, please, to Psalm 92. And those little words uh, at the start that Vicky highlighted for us, a psalm, a song, because that's what the Psalms are. They are the Old Testament hymn book, if you like. But crucially, for the Sabbath day. I think this is the only psalm that specifies that it should be sung on the Sabbath day. So, a brief explanation should help our understanding. After his work of creation... God rested on the seventh day and he gave his people that same template. Six days work, one day rest. Now when we think of the word, uh, we think of rest in terms of inactivity, putting our feet up. But it was given to be so much more than that. It was given for God's Old Testament people to weekly reset the clock after the uh, busyness at work, family life, uh, when values, priorities get so easily muddled. The Sabbath was given. It was given to help put God in his rightful place, to worship and enjoy him for all he is and all he's done. But tragically, the Sabbath itself got muddled, it got corrupted. It became more about religious duty than heartfelt delight in God. But when Jesus came, he pushed the reset button by teaching that uh, the Sabbath this day of rest is and always has been 
about inner renewal, a day for finding the strength to live the lives uh, we've all been made for, which puts God in his rightful place, not you and me center stage, but him. Because it's verse 8 again, the heart of the psalm. You, Lord, are forever exalted. You, Lord, are exaltedness itself. Rest is a Bible word for what we call heaven. And crucially, it isn't something to look forward to in the future, but it actually starts in the here and now as we accept the most wonderful invitation that will ever be given. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am gent- for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. You will never be given a better invitation than that. So while our Old Testament friends might have sung uh, this psalm, this song on the Sabbath, can you see that it's ours to be sung, to be lived every day as it equips and strengthens us in that wearying battle that we call life? As we live the rest that begins now, and continues into eternity, the rest that Jesus Jesus promises and freely gives. There are three headings on the back of the service sheet, um, if they're helpful. They're okay, slightly half-baked. When you're preparing, you've got to get your points into the office to be printed. Um, As I was carrying on, I thought, actually, these truths aren't sort of disembodied truths. These truths are to be embodied because they speak to our, our mouths, our eyes, our whole being. So, firstly then, for our mouths, uh, rest comes as we live thankful lives. Probably the first lesson that we um, teach our children, isn't it? Uh, as we hand out the chocolate button... What do you say? What? Thank you. Well done. Good boy. Good girl. Sometimes you've got to crowbar it out of them. Uh, am I the only person that when I'm driving down the road and on the odd occasion I do something kind and I pull over to let someone else through and they drive through without giving me a thumbs up or a wave, I get really irritated. You see, if we're taught, if we know that it's right to be thankful in those horizontal relationships between one another, isn't it obvious to be even more thankful in that vertical relationship with our maker? Verse 1, it is good to praise the Lord. Praise is that thankful word. It is good to thank the Lord. Uh, I remember starting the service a few years back where uh, we played something called praise tennis. So I got everyone to stand up, 
uh, turned to your neighbor and you had to take turns saying something that you were thankful for. So it would go backwards and forwards. So when you dried up, you sat down. And I remember that it was Patrick and his son up there who won, came up the front and I gave them a plastic something, sprayed in gold or something, I can't remember. Um, Perhaps we should do that every day because it is good to praise the Lord. I remember a car journey when the children were young. We just did something similar. Uh, We went around. uh, One thing that we've got to thank God for. And so as we went around, uh, we'd all say, and we kept on going, and when you dried up, you were out. Sounds like my whole life is competition. (laughs) But the point being, stop and think and we quickly discover how much we have to thank God. Verse 4. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. If the author here uh, could write these words hundreds of years before Jesus without ever knowing the beauty and humility and power of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. When he speaks about uh, singing for joy at the work of your hands, maybe he had in mind hands placing stars into space. He never knew about hands that were to have nails in them. You see, if he can say this, Uh, not knowing what we know, how much more do we have to thank and praise God? Notice with me two quick things. Uh, It's a proclaiming thankfulness. It's a speaking out thing. It's not something to be locked inside. Uh, So verse uh, 2. It's good to praise the Lord, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Verse 14. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. And I take it it's a a, a two-way thing. It works on two planes again. again. So uh, firstly, that proclamation is to be a vertical thing. As we thank God for who he is, what he's done, his character, And also, it's a horizontal thing as we proclaim to one another, uh, those that know Jesus, those that don't yet know Jesus, of all that we have thankful, uh, all that we have to be thankful for. Wouldn't it be great as a church to encourage uh, this thankfulness of heart by taking time in our small groups just to go around and say, what do you you want to... Let's say thanks to the Lord for. Uh, in our one-to-one conversations, what have you got to be thankful for to God today? Maybe we can start over coffee. And yeah, we can say, well, I'm thankful for uh, a good week. Um, children behave themselves. I'm thankful for a good night's sleep. I'm thank you, thankful for my job. Relations going well. But actually, that's half the story. That's a fraction of the story, isn't it? Actually, I'm thankful to God for his faithfulness. He sticks up with me. He keeps going with me. I would have given up on me years ago. I'm thankful for God for his justice. 
God really does care about things in this world which aren't right. And I think it comes down to what we were thinking about with meditation um, a couple of weeks ago with Steve. Psalms are a great place uh, to find truths where we can thank God uh, for all he has done, all he means to us. Uh, And second, of course, you can't miss it, but the place of music in all of this. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. Proclaiming your love in the morning, your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. That I sing for joy at the work your hands have done. I guess it was natural for David to think this way because music was his bag. It's not mine. Uh, music to me is the clash, the sex pistols. That's when I come alive. I don't know what he'd make of that. And as I was looking at this, I was thinking, Matt should be preaching this sermon, not me. I'm slightly uh, embarrassed to be shortchanging you on this point. The whole sermon could be about the place of music in praise. But the point is, it's right that we invest heavily as a church into our music. Uh, Upstairs, downstairs with the children. Because music has that ability to impress truths upon us uh, to make them come alive to help us to feel and express emotion uh, that we might not otherwise be able to Uh, last year uh, when the heat was on at work I found myself driving in listening to the same sermon by one of my favourite Christian musicians and what it did to me Uh, By the time I pulled into the car park, uh, ready to go into the battle of the day, well, I was in a really good place because I've been reminded of who the Lord is, who I am, all that he's done for me. And so I guess the challenge for us all, the challenge for us as a church, corporately, the challenge for us as individuals is how can we better uh, use and enjoy music to foster this thankfulness um, to God in our hearts. Maybe uh, every now and then, Ben gets up the front, does a little review of good music. Maybe we're overdue one of those. I'll leave that with you, Matt. Secondly, then, uh, this psalm speaks to our eyes as we're to see the unseen realities. See the unseen realities. Putting God in his rightful place uh, will not only open our mouths uh, to speak, to sing his praise, but it will also open our eyes to see realities, spiritual realities, that we might otherwise be blind to. Because I don't know about you, uh, I get tired and quickly discouraged as I seek to engage with others, speak with others about the big questions of life. Who we are? What's it all about? Where's it headed? Where might Jesus fit into all of this? And all I'm met with nine times out of ten is indifference. Verse six. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. 
I get tired living in a world where wickedness and injustice is, well, that's just the way it goes. Be it on a global scale, I'm ashamed that I've only just woken up to uh, the terrible hardships in Venezuela. But Venezuela is just one of many nations where there is injustice and wickedness. And on a local scale, maybe you heard what happened in Arbury Road in the week. An innocent woman uh, knocked down, killed by um, what would seem to be a drug dealer riding a moped. Verse 7. This is the world we live in. Uh, The wicked spring up like grass and evildoers flourish. So we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of Jesus to open our eyes to see what we can't see. That as we meet here now, Jesus really is forever exalted. He is reigning over all the affairs of this world. To see that wickedness and injustice does have a shelf life. Verse 7 again, that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. Verse 9, surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. It it dawned on me a while back um, that if little old imperfect me, as I struggle to live in this world of wickedness and justice, injustice, just seeing just a fraction of it, well, how much more does God, who made it and owns it and sees the whole lot, how much more does he struggle? Of course he weeps at what he sees. Of course he burns with righteous anger. But I take it that his plan is so big that he can bear it another day before acting to do something about it. And if he can do that, then I must trust him with that too. Remembering, of course, that I am part of the problem, my wickedness of heart, my determination to live for myself. uh, And therefore, what do I do? I must trust the Saviour that he's provided and encourage encourage others to do the same, to see what can't be seen, that Jesus is, really is, forever exalted. So don't let us grow tired, uh, so tired that we're tempted to think that we are naive or deluded to long for a perfect world of perfect justice. No, because that's what we've been made for. It's what we've been promised and wonderfully we can speed its coming uh, as we live out the truths contained in this psalm, uh, living thankful lives trusting in unseen realities and finally by growing old gracefully or maybe better still growing old full of grace hands in the air 
if you're aged between 25 and 31. Congratulations, you are in your prime. Hands in the air if you are 32, 33, 34. Yeah, Dan, sorry mate, tough, Uh, you passed it, like the rest of us. I remember Pete Myers uh, teaching uh, in a prayer meeting a while back and describing the business of growing old in terms of loss. And I thought it was really helpful because I think he's right. So as the years pass, uh, we get to 32, 33, uh, we begin to lose our energy, our strength. We go on, uh, we hit retirement, we lose our jobs. Uh, we start finding that funerals become more of a thing as we start to lose our friends. It's all pretty depressing, isn't it? But come to this psalm and know that it doesn't need to be. Look with me at verse 10. David writes, You have exalted my horn, my strength, like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. I think these verses here are more uh, messianic, uh, more about the anointed king, more about David's life, Jesus' life. Uh, So I want to focus in the short time on the verses that follow. Verse 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. tree. They will grow old. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, "The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him." Uh, this is my own theory. So. Uh, it's likely to be uh, flawed. Uh, But I wonder if one of the marks of those in later life who don't know Jesus is one of sentimentality. Here's a little diagram that may uh, help us with that. We've got a little diagram up the uh, back there. Thank you. Um, This was certainly my dad's story. Uh, and it's understandable because, you see, if, there, if death is the end, if there is no hope beyond the grave, then all we have is to, to, have is to look back on the past. But notice the difference for the person who trusts in Jesus' life and death and resurrection. You see, death is not the end, but simply the gateway into the glory of an unending rest. I don't want to be insensitive this morning, but dare I suggest that we can look forward to the grave uh, with joy and anticipation when our hope is in Christ. What did uh, uh, the Apostle Paul say to the Corinthian church? Though outwardly we are wasting away, brilliant for me standing up here, I can see that it's true. Look at you. We are wasting away. Inwardly, by God's Spirit, 
we are being renewed day by day. So in this Instagram age, uh, which worships uh, youthfulness and beauty, can you see how liberating it is to take these truths on board, to grow, to grow old, gracefully, full of grace? That there's nothing wrong with a bit of anti-wrinkle this, uh, anti-wrinkle that, looking after what... um, yeah, I upset Joy at Christmas, actually, when I bought some sort of um, anti-wrinkle this. So I thought it was nice sort of hand cream or something, but it had anti-wrinkle on it, and that was, that was Christmas done for me, really. <laughs> There's nothing wrong to live after, to look after what God has given us. But um, as Canute would tell us, that we can't hold back the tides of time. I don't pretend that the aches and pains are fun. Loss is awful. But what a joyful prospect to still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. We're very privileged in this church to have um, men and women in the 80s, 90s, who are living testimony to the truth of this. I am so thankful to God for my friendship with them. You see, some of our eldest members are far more fresh and green than others of us. What we have to learn from them. So whether you're tired this morning or perhaps not, can you see the difference it makes to put Jesus in his rightful place, forever exalted. It will transform uh, the way we speak, the way we sing, the way we see, and the way we age. As we look forward to a half term, a sabbatical, a Sabbath day rest that will never come to an end with the Lord Jesus. Let me lead us in a prayer. I don't know, maybe there's one or two here who have never accepted this invitation. Father, send your spirit, we pray. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. Oh, Father, thank you for the beauty of Jesus' life. Oh, what a joy that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, we age, he never does. And he generously gives his spirit uh, to help us to live out the truths of this wonderful psalm. Father, help us to meditate upon it this week. Maybe read it every day uh, to allow it to change us, uh, to stay fresh and green in your service. And we pray in his name. Amen.